This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. Everybody right now caught in the jostle for space in the race trying to keep up with the pace by space round crime everybody in a jam jamming 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 for a better life a better way of living in the meantime simple things we forgetting like how to say good morning morning neighbor morning neighbor Good morning, neighbors. Good morning, neighbors. Thank you so much for being locked on the second hour of the Power Breakfast Show. Thank you to the wonderful folks out at Bermudez to make it the cricks. Your vital supply. I saw a billboard. Tuna and Zabuka. Cricks. Okay, I do eat tuna, but cricks and Zabuka is going to real good. I like it with cheese. Take a little snack, slice the cheese, put it on a crick, eat it. Yeah, go wrong. Alright, so thank you so much to the wonderful folks out at Bermuda's makers of cricks to bite and supply. Alright, uh, let's take a look at what's happening traffic wise. It's been a busy morning so far. Let's start out in San Fernando, the creek. You've got some traffic there this morning from Golaconda, heading straight up towards um, where? We're leaving San Fernando, I'll put it that way. Taking the San Fernando bypass to Marabella and the southern main road towards California. Also got some traffic there this morning, all right? And, uh, yeah, up the Claxton beyond the solo, you got some traffic. All right, taking a look, what's up in the east? We had a car that flipped on uh, a while back, about an hour ago. I don't know if it's cleared up now, but you got some volume as you go through Santa Rosa towards O'Mara. Uh, and then Trin City towards uh, you, you got some traffic. Eastern Main Road from Arima Old Road, various spots taken across. Strip towards 6th Avenue, the Quay is there, and Mobile Junction, you got some traffic there. All right, so now you know. And uh, yeah, of course, getting into the capital. I don't know if the gates for the Labas is open, but there were gazillion garbage trucks outside there. Gazillion, they said they were, you know, they just created such a backlog, such a backlog, all right, let me get the guys in, all right, gentlemen, we are back in, yes, we are, and of course, 
You have any more for Paul? For the Paul? Yeah, let me just check here. Let me just check here. Miss um, Ingrid. Nope, that's it. All I'm right. I should do so, this and see what so I Paul this morning concerning the gas hype. We mm-hmm. asked, do you believe, do you expect significant price increases as a result of the increased fuel costs? Uh, 19 people weighed in on our poll this morning. 14 of you said, yes, you do. Five said, no. I would like to find out the thinking of the five who says they don't expect increased prices. You know, I would like to figure out how they, how they arrive at that. Because everybody has already said that they're going to have increases. Yeah. Even the supermarket association already warning people of increases. <laughs> Once there's an increase in diesel price in particular, you're going to have increases because transportation costs will go up. Yeah. Yeah, so so even with the minimal um addition in diesel, it's gonna go up. Let let's face it, it's gonna go up. And and once delivery prices of goods goes up, the knock-on effect is that everything will go up. You know, because I I normally buy a particular item in in, in Massey. Like the you know, the barbecue wings, the little pack of barbecue wings. I've been buying that a good little while because I think it really tastes good, you know? Kudos to Massey for doing a good job with that. And I have seen how that has increased over that period of time there. Because as I say, sometimes I just go in for that alone. And that is almost double the price in the last year, you know? And I talk about in the last few weeks, it has just been going up and I'm saying, whoa! So at what point are you going to learn to make your own barbecue wings? Well, I can, you know, but I just don't cook. The convenience. So what I would do, no, I, what I would do is I'll go and buy the, the pre-season thing and I'll, I'll barbecue it myself. I haven't done it for a while. I haven't used my air fryer. I haven't done anything for a while. Can't come in to think of it. I need to, I need to get back in the group. I need to get, I know you're itching to say something, eh? <laughs> But I need to get back in the group. I will, I will. Soon enough, soon enough. You know? When I clear my head and I clear my head of some people in my head too. I had to clear my head and my head space. You know? So it'll happen, it'll happen. It'll happen soon enough. I'm working on it, trust me. I'm fervently working on it. Maybe, just maybe, for... maybe you need to use your head to clear your head. That too, eh? I couldn't do, I can't do that. But no, I tried that. I work. Oh, jeez. Paul, Paul, just I stay will. quiet, Paul. Stay quiet. <laughs> just stay but just quiet. to inform people, my phone, my main phone, um, folks, if you're sending me messages or whatever, reaching out to me on our phone, I'm not gonna you're not gonna get me. If somebody hack you it. No, the phone has fallen so many times. Look at here. It has fallen so many times. You see the middle of the phone here? It does not work. Nothing you press in the middle there works. So to me the answer, I can answer a call, but I can't unlock my phone as it is now. I can't even unlock my phone. So I can't see messages. I can't get messages. I can't send messages. I can't do anything on this main phone. So I'm going to get a phone today to try to fix the rectify that. This is the second time I've changed a phone. But I have this bad habit of sitting in my vehicle with my phone on my lap. You understand? And when most times when I open the door and I step out, out goes the phone before me. I have that bad habit. I have to get that fixed too. So some bad habits are going to get fixed. I'm working on all of them, trust me. <laughs> but they, all of them costing me. Better late than never. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, a, there's a controversial case. 
Mm. Well, I see our guest is logging in, so let me mm -hmm. not bring it up yet. Who, who's our guest today, guys? Sorry. Mr. Because I'm Gabriel not aware, right? Is he, isn't he the past uh, um, okay. president Clark. of the TT Chamber of Industry and Commerce, mm -hmm. the immediate past president? Yeah. Oh, cool. He is online already, right? Yes, he's being. But maybe we yeah, can pull yeah. him one time. Oh, there he is. A dapper, dapper man he is. Yeah, thank I you very much. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, Mr. Faria, and thanks for joining us. On the How are you? Recording in progress. Quite, quite good. Quite good. Uh, keeping busy in my new role, which is you look very relaxed. Um, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, we've well, we've set up. I've set up a um, a network of, of advisory practice called Caribbean Advocacy, and our job really is to advocate on behalf of people who don't have a voice, not people who are not members of any other organization. So I've been working with, you know, many smaller businesses and so on, helping them with issues that affect them. It's it's a business group then, it's it's, it's not political at all, right? No, 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 no. Because you know what, once people say they're talking on behalf of people who don't have a voice, you're going to know, people start to think politics, right? Well, you know my position on politicians already, so that's why I, you have no fear of me um, being a <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's poll let's poll you, Mr. Faria, as we have you online. This morning right. we asked, do you expect significant price increases as a result of the increase in the fuel costs? Um, I expect price increases. I don't think they'll be significant. Explain. Well, you know, we have to understand that, that fuel impacts different businesses differently. Um, fuel in the total cost of production of product might be 2%, it might be, it might be 10%. So it's going to impact different things. And I I believe that I believe that we have seen, and we have seen this occur. As you would remember, and the opposition has been has been flouting it everywhere. We had price increases, I think, two or three years ago, where it went up at, at almost equal or more, and the increases did not occur at that level. So, on a percentage basis, this is one dollar on five. So it's a twenty percent increase in the cost of fuel. And if fuel is five percent in one sector, or 3% or 10%, the impact is not significant. Now, in a case such as um, transport, that's where you see more it having a, a larger impact. Do you, right. think, do you think there was an alternative route for the government than this, or was this inevitable given the global energy price situation and our well, subsidies? Yeah, so I've been, I've been reading what all the, all the people have been saying, and I think the fact is that when you look globally, you look at North America, Europe, everywhere, everyone has been paying increased energy prices. So this was inevitable. It was inevitable. I must tell you that I was disappointed that a little more analysis was not provided on the basis for the adjustment. So as you know, our energy income has gone up, right? The oil we sell has gone up. But not only has the oil we sell gone up, our natural gas has gone up. The exports that, that the country makes in terms of ammonia has gone up. So I would have preferred to, if the finance minister, when he's making his presentation, would have shown the pluses and minuses and show the net impact. 
but of course we always get something that's that's a little less than i would say the truth because we don't know what the facts are so i believe and i i might be wrong it's an economist or an energy expert could tell us i actually believe that we did not have to adjust the subsidy because of the increased cost of fuel because when you look at what's happened with natural gas ammonia and oil combined i believe that those increases might have offsetted the in, the the cost of the subsidy and i would like for the finance minister to present that to the public and let um independent economists review it and tell us now just to be clear and you all remember this the finance minister did say i think it was last elect, last budget or the one before that we were going to go to market pricing for for fuel yeah Yes. and as a yeah as a country we, we the reality is that we have been we have got 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 not custom to reduce practical prices which are much lower than our sisters and brothers in the region and around the world for fuel uh, electricity and water and that has to change now the, we have recommended to the minister recommended the government that those subsidies should be targeted to those who need it I mean the guy who's driving around the the Prado right the brand new Prado doesn't need subsidized fuel and it's it's simple to do it's simple to do and it will incentivize people to comply with tax what's done in the world guys and I've seen it I you know I I've seen it happen both in the UK and in Canada it's depending on your tax bracket so if you are earning and and I'm, I'm not talking 84000 if you're earning less than 50000 you get a rebate from from your from the government for your electricity bill you get a rebate you can get a rebate for your fuel bill and it's something that economists can calculate so if you're under 50000 you may get a 200 or 300 dollar rebate if you're under 70000 if you're under 84000 so that's the way we should be doing it and let those who can afford pay for the increased cost of fuel electricity and water the reality is those are those are things we have to come to grips with yeah is this is this like a like a a fallback or a substitute for not getting the property tax implemented no you know i i think that i think that it's a, a mechanism for for the government to to say okay we had this shortfall and the subsidies have gone up let's collect part of it this does not i i am assuming that this year property tax was supposed to have come in right and and i'm not sure what's happening with that but for some reason or another what what when government says they're going to do something be it good or bad it it just takes forever to happen i don't know i mean paul richards must 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 live through this all the time we all it always feels like you're living in and you're looking at a soap opera because so it's you you say we're going to do something 3 years later you say but didn't we say that last budget didn't we say that last budget and it's the same thing with property tax same thing with everything else right same thing with supporting you know we have to support the vulnerable society that that is as a country what we are seeing today is we are seeing that the large corporations the big businesses the people who are in very senior positions in, in um in government and in and in private sector continue to do well 
but our middle class and our 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 lower middle class are going the other in the other direction. Their 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 income is eroding. Their cost of living, they can't, they're, they're barely making it, and we have to support those people. Yeah, but, that, but, but, but you think, Mr. Farry, I always that? say uh, because the, the minimum wage person who makes minimum wage, and I always wonder how they survive, especially as a single parent with, uh, with an infant. I don't know how they survive. Do you, do you think, according to some economists, that well, that perceived cadre of middle class that demographic is changing and 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 they're going into lower socioeconomic without us understanding that the middle class is not the same as 10 years ago uh, uh, there's no doubt there's no doubt based on the based on the information that, that we are seeing and and when i talk about vulnerable guys i'm talking about small businesses also because a lot of independent businesses fall into that bracket you know they they, they, they're just barely covering costs. So what you are seeing is what's happened in Jamaica, what's happened in a lot of other countries. You're seeing that that what what when somebody was making $100,000 a year, you say, man, you're doing good. But the reality today is $100,000 a year is is barely middle class, right? Because because you can't, you when you look at the cost of food, the cost of electricity, the cost of fuel, the, the cost of, I mean, when you, when you look at what you pay in NIS and so on, by the time you go home and you go to the grocery, you 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 you, you feel poor. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. And and there there are two conversations that you referenced earlier on. One that the Minister of Finance has, in his last three or four or five budgets, been saying that the government will be seeking to to wean us off the fuel subsidy. And I think most of the chambers of commerce and and uh, economists have said that is the right direction to go because we cannot continue to sustain that while we, while we subsidize electricity, while we subsidize other areas of, of life in Trinidad and Tobago. That's one. The other aspect is what you uh, disaggregated earlier on with, without information about whether or not the government has gained significantly from increased fuel costs around the world with gas exports, oil exports, and methanol exports. And whether that has been properly distilled in the public domain. But there's some who would suggest that while there has been enough warning or ample warning about the subsidy being removed, after two years of a pandemic, is this the time? We spoke about middle class and middle class families, their savings have been all but wiped out. They've been on, in, if they weren't working for the government, if they were working for the private sector, savings gone. Some have gone into debt, some have lost their homes. So there, there's two years of pandemic pressure, and now this. But Paul, you know, the reality is that that's what's occurred around the world. Eh? What's happened around the world is those same people have been affected by the pandemic, the same restaurant workers, be it in the US, Canada, the UK, wherever in the world, um, in our own region, they are finding the same issue. That is why what i am what what i am asking is we're talking about doing a census why don't we target think about if if you look at our poor middle class and say they were 40 percent or 50 percent those and I'm, I'm not talking about wealthy versus i'm talking about people below let's say maybe one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year and we would have focused the support on that group of people the money we save by paying by allowing 
the people who are earning above that to pay market prices for power, water, electricity. I mean, look at the profits that that the large groups are making, the, the financial institutions. Think about their executives. Are, they, are their salaries being cut? Can they afford to pay the right price for energy, for fuel, and for water? Let them pay the right price. But in, let the worker pay a higher price. In the ideal world, what you're price. saying is absolutely yeah. just and fair. But, but do you think any government has the cojones to disaggregate the, the, the burden that way because the big business finances, governments, yeah. and no matter who is in power. I, I think they can. Especially after that attempt failed with property tax. Because that, no, that, was, that was the thinking with property tax, right? No, no. Um, I, you know, I, I still believe paying property tax is an obligation we have as a citizen. I believe paying taxes is an obligation we have as a citizen of Trinidad Tobago. So, and, and I consider myself middle class at best today. And my reality is that if I have to pay a higher price for energy because my income is above a threshold, I will pay it. But I'm seeing too many people who can't afford to pay it. And we need to protect. And it's been done in other parts of the world, Paul. It's been done in other parts of the world where I know people, when they get their, when and it goes into their bank account, they get a HST rebate. They get a, 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 a gasoline rebate. They get an electricity rebate on the on the electricity bill because of their income, which which the border inland revenue is supposed to know. And you know who will not get it? Those who are not filing their taxes. But we've and done it for we've done it for tertiary education. So you're right. The gate, so system, why is, not, the gate system is based on a means test of, of, of what the families in. Co- correct. So why not do that? And that way we can implement this. And we all know that if you if you're given, you know, I, I don't want to call a name because uh, any name I call will be wrong. If you give a man who have money, if you tell a man who have money, well, pay ten dollars for for um for for diesel because you have your Prado, you have your Range Rover, you're driving your Range Rover, and pay ten dollars for for um for diesel. But the guy who driving his little maxi taxi, you say, okay, I look at your income. You're, you're, you are a commercial driver. Here's your, you get that, a rebate. Does that go for businesses also who use these to transport their goods and services? Well, at the end of the day, I don't think, I don't believe businesses, because once you start to disaggregate this and, and give all kinds of exceptions, you're going to have issues. But the way, the, way the, the way you do it is when businesses pay the higher price, the person who is, low, who is earning less, their rebate will take into account their basket of goods that they're buying. And their rebate might be $500 a month. So the, the way you protect the vulnerable is by targeting those rebates based on a basket of basic foods. And when, you know, we have our consumer protection division that looks at the basic price. And when our price of goods goes up by 5%, that they will say the average consumer that's spending 1000 will now spend 1050 therefore give him an extra $50 in his rebate at the end of the month. We have to direct support to those. But... You know, the reason why they don't like to do it, they like, they like politicians like to go and give the basket. They like to go and give because don't forget, eh, when time comes the vote, eh, don't forget, here your basket. Photo up. Right? <laughs> yes. There's, right. no photo, so, there's no photo up if it goes back directly to your account. Correct. Correct. But it's done in other parts of the world. Let's do that. Let's protect our people. Because we, let me tell you, you can make money in any, you know, I know companies in Haiti and in Jamaica, and Haiti is a difficult place to live in. And even Jamaica, people in Tabi, Jamaica, what do you think? Are they catching your skin? 
BHMA can for the past 30 years. But the reality is there are businesses that do well in all of those economies. But we have to protect. If we don't have a safe environment, if we don't protect those people, we're going to end up with a society that's damaged and, 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 and vexed. Right, and we're going to end up with like what happens, like what happened in Jamaica 30 years ago, where the 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 business people, the people who run um, the banks and the and the and the and the large conglomerates, will live somewhere else and come and, and and run their businesses remotely. We have to make sure that a safer place and a and a great place to live. Yeah. Um, I know I know that there's a school of thought that a lot more would come out in the media review in terms of the explanations that you are suggesting that the, the government makes at this point in time in Safari. Um, so- Yeah, but we don't need to wait till the media review. The, yeah. This is this is a simple, I mean, you all have heard me talk about the bookkeeper already. If you, I remember somebody gave me a kudos when I mentioned that last time I was on. All the bookkeeper has to do is take the, this add minus equals so much as well as not, this is not, this is not um, a degree in finance. I, I think he has a degree in finance, so I think he could do it. Well, first of all, he doesn't like being called the bookkeeper. <laughs> he abhors being called the bookkeeper. <laughs> but, but, and, and I don't really, quite frankly, hold on for much hope uh, for any no. detailed explanation in the media review because I'm yet to see it. It's just an accounting purpose, and we, we are we appropriating this here, we're putting it there, we're moving this to here, and we're taking more money, and we, that's basically what it is. It's not, don't get too excited about the media review and any detailed explanation. I've never seen it since I'm there. <laughs> okay, so let's yeah. not get carried away with that. M Mr. Farrier, uh, do you think we are, what do you think is, is the state of the economy? Now, we, we are coming out of the pandemic. We're not out of the pandemic officially yet. Restrictions are being raised. We're seeing a lot more business activity. Just anecdotally on the weekend, Wendell, myself, anybody who went around store restaurants are a lot fuller than you would have yeah. seen them because they can open up to 100% now and people are availing themselves. But when you look at the immediate reaction of, let's use KFC as, as the example, as, as a successful business model. And uh, they raised, put, put, put a price on condiments and then they took it off in a way because the market responded quickly. Is that an indication that we shouldn't jump for joy yet because if the lower class do have the money businesses like kfc and similar businesses across that strata who need the lower class to spend money in them will not rebound and what is the state of the economy from your perspective in terms of that kind of economic health uh, you know we talked about the economy growing but the growth has been uneven the reality is the, the big businesses that had the capital and have the capacity to, to absorb and to, and, to, and to move and dance with what's happening in the economy will, right? As we all know, banks never lose money. Whenever, they, whenever, whenever, whenever things look bad, they just raise fees, right? So that, that, that they, they, they are, they're insulated. But the small businesses and the people who work for them have, have been suffering. And when you look at the cost of living increase, the, the disposable income, is not there. Um, I talk to businesses today that that sell what I call discretionary purchases, shoes, people who do dry cleaning, laundry, um, clothing. And that discretionary purchase sector is suffering. Their sales are probably less than 30% of the, what they were. And we must always use a benchmark of 2019. 2019 is a benchmark. So don't, don't, you know, somebody said the economy grew over last year. Well, any, any dodo could grow it, it could be over last year. Last year was a disaster. So don't tell me we grew it. 
right? Because you have to say, where are we against 2019, right? And I will tell you that the Indian American Development Bank issued a report that said that we will not achieve 2019 um, figures until past 2024. So we have to understand that, and don't forget guys, 2019 was a decline on prior years. But if you use 2019 as a base pre-pandemic, the Inter-American Development Bank has said, based on our economy, we will we will get back to 2019 and 2024. So, Paul, taking your point, opening is not the answer. And I, I actually told when I was at the chamber, I told a lot of members that, you know, we're fighting opening, but opening doesn't mean that people can spend money. They don't have money to spend. And that is accentuated further because, yes, um, transport is going to go up, taxi fares will, will, probably, get, will probably move a little bit. Um, um, importers and distributors are going to, if they have to pay for this increased fuel, they're going to have to put something on their price of goods, right? And I don't think it's going to be more than maybe maybe 5% or something like that. I think it will be nominal in, in many instances, except in that because transport is a small component. In many cases, transport is less than 5% of the total cost of the product, most cases. But, but you're saying, are they already paying more uh, transport costs for freighting stuff in? So that is what I'm talking about because freight into Trinidad or freight anywhere in the world, that's, this is not a Trinidad phenomenon. Freight has gone up from the Far East 400%, right? And from other parts of the world, it's gone up 200, 250%. So freight has gone up around the world. So we have to recognize that this fuel cost is like, I, I would like to say the Schroeder broke the cables back, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, Oh, the, 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 the political environment is one where our opposition picks up on every, I mean, you know, they pick up on everything and explode it as if, oh, this is something unique. It's not. But if we found the mechanism to protect that 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 cadre of people who need help, at least we will we'll numb that pain. So taking your point, Paul, opening the economy is not going to solve our problem until we solve the problem of supporting our vulnerable society. That that is that's and well, if we the government do that, we give a lot of support grants and we give this grant and that grant and that's how we support yeah. the, 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 the the social but, safety that kind of thing. But that's a one-off. We have to put a mechanism in place that facilitates this being done. You know, in other parts of the world, it don't be well. I go give you something tomorrow. If this is this, it's it's a benchmark. You earn or under this income, and that income, in my mind, could be one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year because I think that is probably where kind of like middle class, you know, lower middle class is right now, and they should be protecting those people and saying, here's a rebate for you. This is one hundred fifty dollars. If you're under eighty, two hundred dollars, and 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 these figures might be wrong. They're just to explain. And if you're earning under under. Um, $3,000 a month or $40,000 a year, you should get maybe $500 in rebate. And that rebate will help pay for the right price of fuel, the increased cost of food, the increased cost of electricity, and the increased cost of water. Take those prices up because we are wasting the, the country's resources subsidizing electricity, water, and fuel for people who, who are living in Large Park and Bel Air and Goodwood Park and those places. And they're paying the same price as the as the low-income people. Mr. Faria, so far we've only discussed the increase in um, with fuel, the increase in transportation costs um, in terms of taxis and maxis and so on. 
are we expected to, to get increase in, in, in both transportation, the sea, the sea bridge and also the air bridge? And what about international, um, international, um, like Caribbean Airlines flying to other venues and so on? I get the impression that the government will continue to leave the inter-island uh, uh, sea and air at the price that they have done it. It's part of it's part of the whole relationship between Trinidad and Tobago. So I don't think they'll touch that. I think international affairs will go up. But again, if you could have, if you want to go pay. You know, um, and if and if you want to go pay, but then if your income is under a certain level, you know you could count on your on your on your on your money coming back from the government. And I guarantee you that if they do that, they will better target those those that support mechanism to those who need it. Now you 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 keep referring to this money coming back. Is that something that the group that you know had will be advocating to the government? We have written and we have recommended it. And, and and this was done even when I was at the chamber, where we had said target the target the response. You know, I was talking to um, Dr. Terence Farrell sometime a couple of years ago, and he said the same thing. He said, We we talk about digitization, we talk about having our 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 information available. Part of the challenge we have is the amount of people that are outside the tax net that should be there. If we collected the right amount of taxes, and if we tax those people appropriately, and we got even the lower the, the, the doubles ban and the taxi vendor to, to, to start filing tax returns, we will have a better perspective. So that is why I am saying give these refunds and give these rebates to people who file tax returns. Because we, as a country, I think maybe 40% of our population are not are not within the tax net. And I think we need to bring them in, even if they even if they're low tax people. In other words, is the doubles man and is the taxi vendor uh, filing tax returns? Right? Are they are they self-employed? Are they are they putting NIS, are they putting funds in NIS so that so that when they retire they'll have something? Hmm. Well but a lot of them would like to do the NIS thing, but they're not being allowed. Yeah. And I think they've talked about that, eh? Um hmm. Wendell, I think they've talked about about allowing self-employed to come on to the system. Yeah. Right. I understand. Mr. Farrow, uh controversially and boldly, Barbadian Prime Minister Mia Motley has taken aim at the banks and said it's time to deal with the banks and the exorbitant charges in many regards. You, you keep money, they charge you. You do keep money, they charge you. You, you know? And she has made a very profound statement saying that if they don't self-regulated in that regard, she will bring legislation to manage that. Do you, would you be an advocate of that here? I, I recognize that as a consumer, I think the, 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 the one thing you can always count on is a new list of fees coming from financial institutions with, when, when, when interest income is down. So I think there needs to be, I was hoping that, that the competitive environment Will, will like like it is with KFC, if you want to call it, where, boy, I need to drop my price because people aren't going to buy from me. I was hoping that that would manage the financial sector. It, I think we have too much power in, in too few a group that, that, that in that financial sector. So if it means we have to regulate something that says fees for people who have in sums under so much in the in, should only have a minimal fee, I would support that. But again, we have to be careful. Once you start to put too much of those um, 
government control things into, into the private sector. It takes away the initiative. But I think, again, I believe we need to support um, the, the lower and, 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 and middle class um, so that they are not burdened. A man can be paid $25 a, a month for an account. If, he, if he's putting in um, $2,000 or $3,000 every month, it's difficult. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a large percentage. Some have suggested that the, 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 the banks are shunting so much of their services online, and rightly so, but you're still paying the, the, the service charges. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean... Well, yeah. But I want you to understand that, in my mind, from a commercial perspective, there is a cost to providing services. There is a cost to provide. And we, we always have to re respect... The, the person who is who is who is going home buying buying or going out and buying nuts roasting your nuts putting it in a paper bag going down the road buying a container selling it to you those there are costs for that and the same applies to financial institutions but we have to try to find a mechanism to ensure that as Mia Motley said that we that we that we insulate a certain a certain cadre of our citizens from those costs. And, and whatever that is, if it is to say that um, people who have under this, who, who earn under this, or who, who have their salaries at a certain level should pay a lower fee, I, I believe it's fair because, because it, is, it, is, it is difficult for people. But waiting for the bank to be, be, be altruistic, and they, are, they have many funds and foundations that they do good work in, the market forces aren't doing it. It's easy for them to get no. together in the Bankers Association and say, you know what? We're all going to put this charge. We're all going to put that charge. We don't know what going on in bank, bank, bank and association discussions. You understand? It's like telecom companies mm -hmm. saying we will not go be below X amount as a benchmark as opposed to letting any market forces take, take over. That doesn't happen. We know yeah. sectors collaborate to maximize profit. And, and that's, that's a fact. And I'm not against people in their business model making money. But as you said, it doesn't seem that the most vulnerable are being protected. Yeah. And I think as, as a country, the greatest concern we as citizens need to be aware of is if we don't create an environment where people feel that they can live reasonably, even at a lower income level, we're going to end up with anarchy. We're going to end up with people who are bitter people. And that, and that means the country is not going to be safe. But, but in addition to anarchy, the signs are there. You're seeing people coming out and committing suicide over economic yes. goals. Yes. In a very yes. public I, manner. I mean, you don't need stronger signals than that, that people are under pressure. People who have, I, I, who have bought their houses, who have mortgages, who have, have been able to take care of their families beforehand are deciding tragically that this is yeah. their only way out. It's, Paul, you, you don't have to convince me. I think we need to get the politicians to recognize it. In fact, the one thing I recognize this weekend is that for some reason or another, Everybody is forming a political party. <laughs> everybody, everybody believes that because you hear people talking and they say, "Well, yes, we have to, we have to solve this." And and if the incumbent government and opposition will take a proactive approach to dealing with this rather than turning a blind eye, if, if we if if we are more responsive, if we display more empathy. I think you would see you would see a difference, but right now there's almost a arrogance, a disdain to that sector of people, and it's kind of like, well, we, you know, as as you know, I, I increase it three times, nothing happened, let me go again, you know, and and that that psyche is wrong, yeah. that psyche is wrong. And you're wrong. And giving, and giving someone a one-off grant, as you said before, is not the answer. It has to be some sort of structural no. intervention. 
Yes. Yeah. So I it, it might be a question of timing, you think? Because even the even all these parties that are springing up, how, how are they being financed to run a campaign? Because there's a campaign really that, that they're gonna have to run for three plus years. Yeah. And and it just it just takes more money out of our system to and I know I, I don't know, I mean I don't know if we need more political parties or more transparency and governance on on what's there now. I, I think I think we need a, a, another political party, but the reality is that the more political parties you end up with, the more um, dilution of the vote you're going to end up with, and it's going, that's going to create a whole bacchanal that I don't know what's going to happen because depending on where they come from, who they'll take vote. But let's not go into that. That's the election talk. But, is, but, is, but, is, but then, and people keep separating Tobago from Trinidad politically. And Tobago is, is very different socio-politically from Trinidad. Trinidad. But isn't, isn't the overriding principle of disaffection and dissatisfaction and fed up with the options applicable in Trinidad? Because yeah. basically what we've seen is six and one half and then the next without any real progress. Yes, the two parties are philosophically different and they approach governance in a different way. And both of them have their shortcomings and both of them have their advantages. But I th we've been caught in a 20-year cycle of either or, which is not necessarily healthy for the country. Yeah. But, but what's driving this, as I said, is that we there are a group of people, and as you said, Paul, you know, yeah, people who are, are middle income that just they have their mortgage and they realize I can't make ends meet and don't have a job or I'm, I'm earning less than I used to, and and they hit a wall. And if and we have to, we we can't continue to turn a blind eye to those people. We, you know, we it and and that I think we need to recognize that. What we are seeing in terms of political parties, what we are seeing in terms of our economy is not dealing with that group of people. Mm -hmm. And we have to, we, we, we can't continue to just say, well, we, we're going to deal with it in the next election. We have, the, 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 there needs to be a group of people who are going to come up and say, no, it has to be dealt with now, and it can be. Yeah. What, what about, what's your impression on um micro, small, and medium-sized businesses and the impact on of the pandemic, because that's another cadre that employs a large number of people that have taken a huge hit in this pandemic. Well, you know, we had asked about it. We had asked about, we had asked about creating support for those, for that sector when I was at the chamber. And and my when I decided to, to retire, I said, that's a group I'm going to try to support in terms of providing mentorship and guidance to them and focus on, because those people are, uh, uh, and you know, I've seen I've seen so many of them take initiatives in in planting and going into agriculture and going into processing. You've seen a lot more product when you go into the shelf. And I want to commend Massey Stores for the Nudge program, where they're allowing those people to get access to the shelves. They are significant, but we have to support them. And I'm always surprised that the 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 unit that's supposed to support our entrepreneurs is the Ministry of Labour. And I don't know if that ever resonated with you paul when you think still, about still have one <laughs> when you think that they're the ones that are supposed to provide entrepreneurial oversight or entrepreneurs you say but who in the ministry of labor doing that but, again i mean they have they have an, a, a division called is it netco yeah netco netco but yeah. i mean how as I've, I've asked on several budget presentations what is the analysis coming out of netco you, yeah. are you investing a hundred million what is the 
throughput? What is the output? How many businesses survive in the investment? Is it a political slash fund? Is it that you're giving money and do expect returns? Are we tracking the success of the businesses? And the answer is no. Yeah, they've gone but, quiet. But, but, that's cool. yeah. No, but what is the capacity? Where, where, you know, where, if we brought the entrepreneurs together and we brought business people together and say support businesses, and there are a lot of businesses that have been doing it. Eh? I mean, as I say, commend Massey for the Nudge program. There are a number of small businesses who are supporting and, and providing mentorship. And and we have to, we have to get business to support business. When you take when you I I have nothing wrong with the Ministry of Labour trying it, but do they have the capacity to support these micro entrepreneurs? Do they understand business? Do they understand what they well, what's required? We have and no that's evidence of the track record. What is the track record? All right. If you don't have a data to work, we, we invested in 60 businesses, 20 survived, 40 didn't survive because of X, Y, and Z, 20 survived because of this. How can we know if it's successful or if it's just mm. pumping money into a black hole? And that's my problem with Netco. We don't know. Yeah. So that, that, is, that, that is a major concern because we really have, have continued to let that sector suffer. And more so, more so during the pandemic, but they are... They are, they are if you want to call that, there are glimmers of light because a lot of people who have been unemployed who have become unemployed or underemployed because there's a group of people who are underemployed. They're not able to work full time. So they're working part time. Businesses have been doing that because they can't afford to pay their staff because business is, is slow. And they're going into other sectors. As I said, they're farming, they're creating product, they're, they're producing product. So it's, a, but if we can only direct the support to those people to help them to grow, I mean, when you look at the Jamaica Micro Stock Exchange, they, I think, have over 50 companies on that on their junior stock exchange. I think we have two or three, right? And we've been around longer. And it just goes to show you that we haven't created that. And I know, I want to commend the stock exchange. I know they're trying to move on this, but we have to get not a, not, not a, not a small stock exchange, you know, a micro stock exchange, a mechanism to deal, as you said, Paul, with those micro industries right now that that are invisible they, they're not they you can't find them because they're working out of their home it's a, a lady or a husband who got um who got um, retrenched or got or got laid off and they're doing the things at home and they need support they need mentorship they need some guidance on how do i how do i buy my goods how do i deal with cash flow how you know a lot of it is is a lot of it sometimes money is a liability because you give them money and they throw it away. But you have to tr teach them and train them how to run their business. Before before we close, Mr. Faria, um, yes, I do you expect because a lot of the unions and and some political parties are threatening to take to the streets over the gas hike. Um, do you expect that the government will back down on it, much like how KFC backed down on the condiments um, when they realized the the, the the firestorm that came their way? I don't. I don't expect them to. No. I don't expect that that's going to have any influence. I mean, you know, as I said, I expected prices to go up. It's going up across the world. I think the application of it is a problem where they're treating all people with the same. And we can. And I think the government can solve the problem by identifying that we are going to protect those vulnerable because it's not a tax rebate. We can't, we can't say at the end of the year, you're going to pay less tax. We have to deal with those people on a month-by-month -month basis and put some income to those people to offset the increased cost they're paying. I think if the government did that, but I think the, the government will not 
pull back because this is just the start of a lot more. And as I said, electricity is supposed to go up, water is supposed to go up. Been talking about this for how many years? We're talking about increasing price electricity and water. Probably well, the, more the, than the, the, the deflection is the the increase in water rates is a function of the RIC. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. So right, the government right, has never right. said that in parentheses, right. air quotes. So, so, but those things are supposed to be adjusted. So I don't think, because let we all know we're paying lower than everybody else for electricity, we're paying lower than everybody else for water. We all know our fuel is not the lowest, because I, I, I checked a chart, and we're somewhere in the, like the 25% quanta, um, quantile where, you know, about 75% of the world pays more, fuel, more uh, higher prices than us. So I don't think they will. I don't think they will go back, but I think they need to put a mechanism to protect the the um, the, the the most vulnerable. Mm. Right? That's my record. That's my recommendation. I think going back now. Hold on, just to be clear. I think if they do the numbers and show that the increased energy can pay for the subsidy, then they should pull back now. Just to be clear, if the numbers are made transparent and they can show that they can. Because of the increased revenue they're earning from methanol and, and natural gas and so on and oil, they can it can cover the subsidy because then they can pull back. But uh, I don't know in Paul, I don't think they'll do it. And why would the bookkeeper do that? He's already made the announcement. <laughs> Correct. Right. Correct. Thank you very much, Mr. Barry. We appreciate I, it. I want, I want Have a good morning, guys. I want to put on record I didn't refer to him as a bookkeeper. <laughs> well, <that's laughs> well, we know who said it, no problem. No love loss. <laughs> and you're accustomed to back canal. <laughs> Thank all you so right. much. Stay Mr. safe, Mr. guys. Thanks, all right. Mr. Stay Farrier. safe. All the best. All, all the best to you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.